Papal infallibility is one of those things that's really quite misunderstood. People think that every word that falls from the mouth of the Holy Father is gospel. That's not what infallibility means. And it doesn't mean he can't sin. That's impeccability. And that's no human being other than the Blessed Mother, basically. Infallibility has very strict limitations. If, say, uh, Pope Francis says that Mama Luigi makes the best lasagna on the face of the planet, well, she might make a pretty good one, but there may be someone better. I would nominate my sister. No one could top her lasagna. But the point is, there are only specific things that infallibility applies to. So let's go back to the First Vatican Council, where they solemnly defined it. And you can find this uh, from Session 4, the 18th of July, 1870, in the First Vatican Council, Chapter 4. We teach and define as a divinely revealed dogma that when the Roman pontiff speaks ex cathedra, that is, in the exercise of his office as shepherd and teacher of all Christians, in virtue of his supreme apostolic authority, he defines a doctrine concerning faith or morals to be held by the whole church. He possesses, by the divine assistance promised to him in blessed Peter, that infallibility which the divine Redeemer willed his church to enjoy in defining doctrine concerning faith or morals. Therefore, such definitions of the Roman pontiff are of themselves and not by the consent of the church irreformable. And it concludes by saying, So then, should anyone which God forbid have the temerity to reject this definition of ours, let him be anathema. Let him be anathema means let him be accursed. Basically a formula of excommunication. Or if you want to put it quite simply, you're going to hell. But this definition is so clear and precise. It has to be from the chair of Peter. It has to be in view of his apostolic authority. And it has to be defining a doctrine concerning faith or morals. For instance, let's look at one example of this. This comes from Ineffabilis Deus on the Immaculate Conception, the solemn definition from Pope Pius IX from 1854. Wherefore, in humility and fasting, we unceasingly offer our private prayers, as well as the public prayers of the Church to God the Father through His Son, that He would deign to direct and strengthen our minds by the power of the Holy Spirit. In like, minor, like manner, we did implore the help of the entire heavenly host, as we ardently invoked the paraclete. Here's where it gets into the definite solemn part. Accordingly, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, for the honor of the Holy and Undivided Trinity, 
for the glory and adornment of the Virgin Mother of God, for the exaltation of the Catholic faith, and for the furtherance of the Catholic religion. Pay special attention here. By the authority of Jesus Christ our Lord, of the blessed apostles Peter and Paul, and by our own, we declare, pronounce, and define that the doctrine which holds that the most blessed Virgin Mary in the first instance of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege granted by Almighty God in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the human race, was preserved free from all stain of original sin, is a doctrine revealed by God, and therefore to be believed firmly and constantly by all of the faithful. That is what an infallible statement sounds like. And here's what it concludes with. It's going to sound familiar. Hence, if anyone shall dare, which God forbid, to think otherwise than has been defined by us, let him know and understand he is condemned by his own judgment, that he has suffered shipwreck in the faith, and has separated from the unity of the church. And that furthermore, by his own actions, he incurs the penalties established by law if he should express in words or writing or by any other outward means the errors he thinks in his heart. Other times it will say something like, we'll incur the wrath of Saints Peter and Paul. Those are all things that we need to look for in an infallible Papal statement. There have not been many of those. But the handful that are out there are important. And they all follow similar language. Whether you go back to Quo Primo of Pope Pius V, whether you read this beautiful example, or whether you read the uh, solemn declaration of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. All of these, all of these include what was required for an infallible statement. Just because the Pope says something doesn't mean it's correct. Just because he is Peter does not mean he cannot err or make mistakes. The only time he cannot make a mistake is in defining a doctrine relating to faith or morals. That's it. Nothing else he says is necessarily infallible. It's important for us to remember. Because even people in the church have written things like, I know many of you are upset about the restrictions, the Latin Mass, but we have to trust, you know, God promised the gates of hell will not prevail, the Holy Father... You know, we have, we have to follow him. We have no duty to follow error. We only have a duty to obey faith and morals. They're clearly defined. Faith and morals. Not what he says to some reporter on an airplane. Not what he says to some atheist journalist in, in Italy. But when he speaks, if he speaks, as the successor of St. Peter, 
if he speaks as speak as successor of Peter, as the Pope, from the chair of Peter, defining a doctrine of faith and morals. That's when he's infallible. So be not troubled when he says some of these really strange things that he tends to say. Because again, they are not infallible statements. It's no more infallible on speaking on politics or economics than I am. Or than you are. We don't have the duty to listen and obey outside to find doctrine, faith, and morals. And some of these bishops, they have neither faith nor morals to obey. But for papal infallibility, again, go back. The first Vatican Council is clearly spelled out. Not everything he says is infallible. Very, 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 very few things in the history of the church issued by the popes have been infallible. They're, a lot of the time they're spot on, they're exactly right. However, if we're going to say that the Pope is infallible, which is true, we also have to remember where that applies, when that applies. Again, I can't say it often enough. Not every word that falls from the mouth of a Holy Father, of a Pope, is infallible. You have the ability to think, does it fit with tradition? Does it fit with faith and morals? Does it fit with what the church has always said and done? Unless it is doctrine dealing with faith and morals, there is room for discussion or debate. Pope is not God. He is the vicar of Christ. The title of Francis is thrown away. But what is a vicar? A vicar is one who stands somewhat in the place of a representative. Uh, think of the Lord of the Rings, if you're familiar with the books or the movies. The steward of, God, of Gondor is a prime, prime example of what the Pope is in a way. He doesn't have the authority of the king, but he does have great power and authority to do within a certain range. After that, his job is to maintain, defend, protect the kingdom. So when the king returns, his kingdom is intact. Pope is to, uh, to protect, defend, and expand the kingdom of God on earth, the church. So that when the king returns, his kingdom is in good order for him. That's the duty. Anything aside from that is dereliction of duty. Meddling in politics, meddling in economics are not the job of the Pope. And again, those things are not infallible. May we always honor the papacy, love the papacy, defend it, but also keep in context what the limits of papal authority and infallibility are. Because if we go outside of that, if we go thinking everything he says is legitimate, we've gone outside of the doctrine, the defined dogma, 
and are outside the church. It's that serious. But thanks be to God, our Lord is gentle, kind, and merciful, as well as just. And we have been given such wonderful shepherds throughout the ages in the past, whose writings are still there to guide us in these days of diabolical disorientation, confusion, and quite honestly, perversion of truth from the heart. May we stand firm in that truth and pray, pray always for the for Peter.